0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Void. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The feeling that came to him. It was too vague to be analyzed, but it filled him with a desire to fight. It gave him a sense of determination, of which he had never before been conscious. It toughened him it made the old easy-going kirk winfield seem a stranger at whom one could look with detachment and a certain contempt as he walked back along the deck the battlements of the city met his gaze once more but now they seemed less formidable in the leisurely fashion of a homecoming ship the santa barbara slid into her dock the gangplank was thrust out kirk walked ashore for a moment he thought that ruth had not come to meet him Then his heart leaped madly. He had seen her. There are worse spots in the world than the sheds of the New York customs, but few more desolate. Yet to Kirk just then the shadowy vastness seemed a sunlit garden. A flame of happiness blazed up in his mind, blotting out in an instant the forebodings which had lurked there like evil creatures in a dark vault. The future with its explanations and plans could take care of itself ruth was the thing of the present he put his arms round her and held her the friendly drummer who chanced to be near observed them with interest and a good deal of pleasure the third officer's story had temporarily destroyed his feeling that all was right with the world and his sympathetic heart welcomed this evidence that life held compensations even for men who had been swindled out of valuable gold mines I guess he's not feeling so worse after all, he mused, and went on his way with an easy mind, to be fawned upon by his grateful firm. Ruth was holding Kirk at arm's length, her eyes full of tears at the sight. You poor boy, how thin you are! I had fever. It's an awful place for fever out there. Kirk! Oh, I'm all right now. The Voyage set me up. They made a great fuss of me on board. Ruth's hand was clinging to his arm. He squeezed it against his side. It was wonderful to him, this sense of being together again after these centuries of absence. It drove from his mind the thought of all the explanations which sooner or later he had got to make. Whatever might come after, he would keep this moment in his memory golden and untarnished. Don't you worry about me, he said. Now that I've found you again, I'm feeling better than I ever did in my life. You wait till you see me sparring with Steve tomorrow. By the way, how is Steve? Splendid. And Bill? Ruth drew herself up haughtily. You dare to ask about your son after Steve. How clumsy that sounds! I mean you dare to put Steve before your son. I believe you only just realised that you have a son. I've only just realized there's anybody or anything in my world except my wife. Well, after that, I suppose I've got to forgive you. Since you have asked after Bill at last, I may tell you that he's very well indeed. Kirk's eyes glowed. He ought to be a great kid by now. He is. And Mammy, have you still got her? I wouldn't lose her for a million. And Whiskers? I'm afraid Whiskers is gone. Not dead. No, I gave him away. For heaven's sake, why? Well, dear, the fact is I've come round to Aunt Laura's way of thinking. Eh? About germs. Kirk laughed. The first real laugh he had had for a year. That insane fad of hers! Ruth was serious. I have, she said. We're taking a great deal more care of Bill than in the old days. I hate to think of the way I used to let him run round wild then. He might have died. What nonsense! He was simply bursting with health all the time. I had a terrible shock after you left. Ruth went on. The poor little fellow was awfully ill with some kind of a fever. The doctor almost gave him up. Good heavens. Aunt Laura helped me to nurse him, and she made me see how I had been exposing him to all sorts of risks, and well, now we guard against them. There was a silence. I grew to rely on her a great deal, Kirk, when you were away. You know I always used to before we were married. She's so wonderfully strong. And then when your letters stopped coming. There aren't any postal arrangements out there in the interior. It was the worst part of it, not being able to write to you or hear from you. Heavens, what an exile I've been this last year. Anything may have happened. Perhaps something has, said Ruth mysteriously. What do you mean? Wait and see. Oh, I know one thing that has happened. I've been looking at you all this while trying to think what it was. You've grown a beard. It looks perfectly horrid. Sheer laziness. It shall come off this very day. I knew you'd hate it. I certainly do. It makes you look so old. Kirk's face clouded. I feel old. For the first time since he had left the ship, the memory of Hank had come back to him. The sight of Ruth had driven it away, but now it swept back on him. The golden moment was over. Life with all its troubles and its explanations and its burdening sense of failure must be faced. What's the matter? asked Ruth startled by the sudden change i was thinking of poor old hank where is mr jardine didn't he come back with you he's dead dear said kirk gently he died of a fever while we were working our way back to the coast oh but the idea of death that shocked ruth not the particular manifestation of it hank had not touched her life she had begun by disliking him and ended by feeling for him the tolerant sort of affection which she might bestowed upon a dog or a cat. Hank, as a man, was nothing to her, and she could not quite keep the indifference out of her voice. It was only later, when he looked back on this conversation, that Kirk realised this. At the moment he was unconscious of it, significant as it was of the fact that there were points at which his mind and Ruth's did not touch. When Ruth spoke again it was to change the subject. Well, Kirk, she said, have you come back with your trunk crammed with nuggets? You haven't said a word about the mine yet. I'm dying to know. He groaned inwardly. The moment he had been dreading had arrived more swiftly than he had expected. It was time for him to face facts. No, he said shortly. Ruth looked at him curiously. She met his eyes and saw the pain in them. An intuition told her in an instant what Kirk, stumbling through his story, could not have told her in an hour. She squeezed his arm affectionately. "'Don't tell me,' she said. "'I understand. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter a bit.' "'Doesn't matter, but—' Ruth's eyes were dancing. "'Kirk, dear, I've something to tell you. Wait till we get outside.' "'What do you mean?' "'You'll soon see.' They went out into the street. Against the curb, a large red automobile was standing. The chauffeur touched his cap as he saw them. Kirk stared at him dumbly. "'In you get, dear,' said Ruth. She met his astonished gaze with a smile of triumph. This was her moment—the moment for which she had been waiting. The chauffeur started the machine. "'I don't understand. Whose car is this?' "'Mine. Yours. Ours.' "'Oh, Kirk, darling, I was so afraid you would come back bulging with a fortune that would make my little one look like nothing. But you haven't—you haven't. It's just splendid!' She caught his hand and pressed it. It's simply sweet of you to look so astonished. I was hoping you would. This car belongs to us, and there's another just as big besides, and a house, and oh, everything you can think of. Kirk, dear, we've got nothing to worry us any longer. We're rich. End of book two, chapter one. Recording by Tim Bulkley of BigBible.org.